This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. And Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was short in stature. And so he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your home today. And so he hurried down and he was happy to welcome Jesus. And all who saw it began to grumble and said, he's gone to be the guest of one who's a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and he said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I pay back four times as much. And then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. The gospel of the Lord. And so, Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, we pray that we would hear not just the words of men, but the words of God. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I want to take this as, at that as my text this morning from Luke's Gospel, chapter 19. Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. If you're making use of the Pew Bible, you can find that text on page 11, excuse me, 10 hundred, 1,000, that is to say, 1,043. Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. I've titled my talks this morning, Who's Seeking Whom? <laughs> Who's Seeking Whom? Indeed, uh, in the story of Zacchaeus, it's usually... Zacchaeus that we think of, who's doing the seeking, he's the one who's seeking out to see who Jesus is in this great crowd, in this procession that's going through his town of Jericho. Uh, but it would seem that there's much more going on than that. Indeed, Luke tells us uh, that Jesus uh, entered into Jericho and was passing through it. Ultimately, as, as you read the context in which we find this particular pericope, uh, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. In fact, we read in chapter 18, the chapter before we come to our text, in chapter 18 and beginning at verse 31, it says, And taking the disciples aside, he said to them, Jesus, that is, We're going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man, referring to himself, by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and, and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. And in verse 32, Luke adds, but they understood none of these things. I mean, none of, the, none of this came anywhere within the parameters of their thinking as it related to Messiah and the kingdom yet to come. Verse 34, but they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, 
and they did not grasp what he said. But anyway, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and Luke says that Jesus entered into Jericho, it's a town along the route that he was taking, and he was passing through the city. Now, Jericho is sometimes referred to uh, in ancient times as the city of palms. It's a sort of an oasis, not very, it's in the, it's in the, uh, uh, the Jordan Valley, um, considerably at a lower uh, altitude than, uh, than Jerusalem in a very fertile place, the city of palms, as you, if you can imagine that. And Jericho was a major commercial center located on a major tra trade route. Uh, and, and so there was much uh, commerce there, commercial goods coming in, commercial goods coming out, and the Romans and the Herodians collected a lot of taxes there. Indeed, the Herodian summer palace wasn't very far from where all of this was going on. And Luke says, and behold, or pay attention, there was a man called Zacchaeus. And he was the chief tax collector in uh, Jericho. And he was rich, Luke says. And so Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector, meaning either that he was over a whole system of tax collectors, and so he was the chiefest. In other words, he ran the tax department. He was the head of the IRS uh, in Jericho. Or it, it simply means that he was the most prosperous of the tax collectors at Jericho. Uh, but either way, Luke says he was rich. Well, of course he was. <laughs> He's the head of taxes. Uh, and in that day, the way in which taxes uh, worked uh, is that the Romans required of you, based upon w the commerce and population and so forth, a certain amount, and you got that all figured out, and whatever it was that you charged more was how you got your pay. And sometimes this was uh, very much abused by tax collectors, and they put on a great deal more uh, than was required uh, and they became rich uh, as a result. Um, but anyway, Luke says uh, that um, Zacchaeus was uh, seeking to see who Jesus was. This great huge procession was going, uh, going through, and maybe somebody mentioned the name of Jesus, or maybe nobody mentioned the name of Jesus, because generally speaking, people didn't talk to this guy. He was pretty much all on his own. The only time they had any kind of conversation when it was when it had something to do with their taxes. And so maybe he didn't know, didn't know any of that, but he saw something was going on, so he was trying to get up to the head of this parade, uh, and because he, could, he was of such short stature, and people in that day, uh, and in the Middle East, weren't tall to begin with, but he was apparently even shorter than that, uh, and so he could not see what was going on. But, there, but the sycamore trees were common in that area. In fact... Um, uh, this, the sycamore tree is a, sort of an easy tree to climb. It has a very, very broad base, uh, trunk, and then the, the limbs come out uh, rather close to the ground. So even somebody short like uh, Zacchaeus could uh, uh, make hay, you know, in a tree like that. And he didn't, didn't need to go so very high, but just high enough. So he went, he saw where the procession was going. He climbed into the, one of these trees, and Luke says, and Jesus came to the place where Zacchaeus was, in this tree, uh, and said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, hurry down. <laughs> come, come, come down from there. Uh, because I must, that's a very interesting expression. 
He didn't say, I would like to, or do you know, we're, my disciples and I are looking for a place to stay. He says, I must stay at your house today. Now, there isn't any indication in the text that Zacchaeus and Jesus had ever met. And still, uh, Jesus knows Zacchaeus uh, by name. Uh, the people in town, I don't know if they would even have mentioned his disgusting name or it would have been disgusting to them because to them he was a disgusting man. Um, but um, Jesus mentions him by name and then speaks sort of in a strange way uh, of spending time with him in his home as if it were a thing preordained. In fact, this sort of reminded me of uh, that uh, section in John where there's a description between about to Jesus uh, meeting Nathaniel for the first time. John chapter 1 and beginning at verse 43. I thought I'd read it just because it seemed sort of to connect. In John chapter 1 and verse 43 we begin, uh, we read, and uh, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He was in Judea. In fact, that's where uh, Jericho is, but this was a Another time at the very beginning of his, earth, of his uh, public ministry. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee where he was from and where he did most of his ministry, by the way. He found Philip and he said to Philip, Philip, follow me. Be a disciple of mine, Philip. And then it says, now Philip was from Bethsaida. That's in the Galilee, the city of Andrew and Peter. We're all familiar with Peter. Verse 45, and Philip found Nathanael, a friend of his, and said to him, we've found him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. What he's saying is, we've found the Messiah. And his name is Jesus. He's from Nazareth. And then, of course, Nathanael said famously, verse 46, and Nathanael said to him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? It was a town, with, a town of ill repute his hometown. And Philip said to him, well, I don't have an answer for that, but uh, come and see. And verse 47, and Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, and he said, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Now, so far as we know, he had never met Nathanael. He's meeting these young men for the very first time. And yet he seems somehow to know him. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael said to Jesus, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, <laughs> I saw you. And so Luke says that uh, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down from there, for I must stay at your house today. And Luke says that uh, Zacchaeus hurried down and, and, and he received Jesus joyfully. Who, me? <laughs> yes, you, Zacchaeus. Uh, but nobody in this town likes me. <laughs> I'm staying at your place today, Zacchaeus. Luke tells us, verse 7, and when the people saw what he was doing, they like, they couldn't, they probably, most of them were having sort of like an out-of-body experience. Nobody talks to him. Least of all, this man, this miracle worker, 
who gives sight to the blind, and they say he raises the dead, and, 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 and he, he looses the mouth of the dumb, and, and, and he, he heals and, and gives uh, the ability uh, uh, to walk to the lame, and on, and, and I, we've heard stories about how he took a little boy's lunch of two barley loaves and three fish, and turned it into a meal that fed, they said, five thousand men besides women and children. What's he doing talking to the chief tax collector? And so when the people saw it, they grumbled. <laughs> He's gone to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. In fact, a sinner, even more than that, uh, to the Jews in Jericho, Zacchaeus was, was, was more than just a sinner. He was a, he was a traitor, a collaborator with the Romans, collecting taxes for our arch enemies who live in our land and treat us like slaves under martial law. We have no rights in our own land, and this guy is helping them. And he's a crook. He's made himself rich by collecting from us more taxes than is even actually due. But Luke says that Zacchaeus stood there and said, to, he, knew, he knew what was going on. He could feel, the, can you imagine? He can feel the intensity of the circumstance in which he now finds himself. Maybe he was wishing he'd never climbed that tree. I don't know. He's happy and then, wow, <laughs> what, what's going on? Zacchaeus stood and he said to the Lord, Lord, uh, behold, I, half of my goods I give to the poor. Wow, some of you are working on the tithe. This guy gives 50%. And if I've defrauded anybody and it comes to my attention, I restore it fourfold just for their troubles, damages. I've cheated you a hundred denarii I didn't mean to. Here's 400 denarii. And so perhaps Zacchaeus was more righteous than people in Jericho gave him credit for. Seemingly, Zacchaeus was an honest and conscientious tax collector. <laughs> and seemingly, he also was a generous giver which was something that Jesus knew about, even if Zacchaeus' neighbors didn't. And Luke says that Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, deliverance, salvation has come to this house, to your house. And he said it so that everybody else could hear, for he's also a son of Abraham. The promises are to him, just like they're to you. <laughs> for I, the Son of Man, have come to seek and to save the lost. They're focusing on who seems to be the most righteous, and God 
focuses on who needs to be delivered. And so in his community, Zacchaeus is an outcast because he's a tax collector. Indeed, Zacchaeus is not welcome at public worship. He didn't attend synagogue because he'd be kicked out anyway. And because he was a tax collector and he was considered to be fundamentally dishonest and untrustworthy, his testimony was inadmissible in a Jewish court of law. It wouldn't have mattered if he was your alibi and he saw you and he knows you didn't do whatever you're being accused of. His testimony is inadmissible. And still, notwithstanding all of this, Jesus sought Zacchaeus out. In fact, what's going on? I mean, it, it looks like Zacchaeus is seeking Jesus. <laughs> Jesus just happened to bump into him, and uh, that maybe it wasn't just a happening. In fact, that crowd going down that lane toward that tree for that divine, divine appointment with that tax collector was the unfolding of God's predetermined plan. <laughs> there you are, Zacchaeus. I must have dinner at your place this afternoon and stay with you. Of all the people that Jesus might have stayed with in Jericho, Jesus chose Zacchaeus, a man unappreciated, misunderstood, and falsely accused. Think of all the people in your own life who, for one reason or another, you consider to be unacceptable. And I wonder, are these the same people that God finds unacceptable. Perhaps you'd like to think so. <laughs> well, of course, does God doesn't like him. I don't like him. God couldn't possibly like him. But uh, can you be so sure? <laughs> That's how everybody in Jericho felt about a man called Zacchaeus. And if God would seek out and embrace those whom we find unworthy of our acceptance, what does that say about us? In fact, in this same Gospel of Luke, there's another little interesting parable that has to do with religious people and tax collectors. In fact, I'm sure you're familiar with it from Luke chapter 18. Not very far from our own text. And Jesus tells the parable. He says in Luke 18, beginning at verse 10, Then two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. I don't even know how the tax collector got in there. He must have gone in there incognito. If anybody had recognized him, he would have been summarily thrown out. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus. So this is a wonderful prayer. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. 
<laughs> and God's going, well done. That's what I need. I need more proud, arrogant followers like you. Verse 13, but the tax collector standing afar off, he doesn't go to the center. He's over where maybe people can't really see him too well, maybe sort of sideways, half around a pillar. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. But he beat his breast. We would say in Latin, mea culpa. I'm guilty. He beat his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Well, that's a short prayer. But perhaps all that needed to be said. And then notice what Jesus says. And I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. I wonder which of these two men would you say best describes your life? Are you the one with whom Jesus would come and stay? Are you the one who criticizes him for who he eats with? <laughs> Who's seeking whom? Let us pray. One of the things, Heavenly Father, that stands out to us when we read this is Jesus' freedom. <laughs> Zacchaeus is a rich man. He said not so very long, and even in this gospel that we're reading, that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. <laughs> and then as he swings around and he comes to another town, it's the local rich man, actually, that he says, I must eat with you, Zacchaeus. <laughs> and yet Zacchaeus is more than just a rich man. He is a man who practices private generosity and righteousness and notwithstanding his occupation which was so maligned by his contemporaries he is someone uh, that you notice how many people Lord are there around us that you notice and we find unacceptable give us the eyes to see and the courage to love even the unlovely as it might be defined and described by the culture in which we live. That we might see as you see and do as you do and be free in the midst of doing it. Even as free as we see Jesus here who seems to care nothing for the general conventional wisdom of the crowd in which he finds himself. Make us good Indeed, uh, as you said uh, uh, through the prophet Micah, 
you know what I require of you, that you might do justly and love mercy and walk humbly with your God. Help us to do that, Lord, to be just, to be fair, to be merciful, and to be humble, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.